like a fucking youtube star you have That's, the the, the, the scully with the fucking yeah mic. with with yeah yeah and, no, and the yeah, headphones yeah it's kind of fire wind, yeah, bro it's kind of fire yes yes all right well this back. might be ha- this might have to be like the setup for uh our other project we won't talk about right yeah. now yeah 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 it's fine. all right so drum roll Welcome back. This is the return, the return of the Now That You Mention It podcast, (laughs) which has been fucking furloughed. Yeah. Would you say it's been furloughed? I guess you could say it's furloughed. By by Corona. Yeah. So basically, we have been out of action because we have not been able to record digitally while we um, were quarantined, but we got it together and now we're back. Right. So. Returned. So, welcome. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back. Go, go, go. Welcome to the Now That You Mention It podcast with Kevin and Dane. He's Um. Dane. (laughs) And I'm Kevin. (laughs) Fucking ill. (laughs) All right. So, what what are we doing today? Today, it's we're going to do an opening seg that's wholly divorced from the coronavirus situation. And then we'll take a break. And we'll come back and we'll get into, we'll kind of give an update on what's going on with the coronavirus with ourselves at large. We'll kind of just chat about what's going on with the coronavirus as a way of reacclimating ourselves to this podcasting lifestyle. Right. Yeah, it's been a while. Kind of rusty. All right, so, <clears throat> yeah, well, yeah, we've got to get that rust off. Yeah. All right, so opening seg. We got a bunch of shit for opening seg. You take it away. Really? I thought... You normally go first. On the on, on the opening seg? Yeah, you normally yeah. Alright, well sh- should we should we hold the the, the entree? Because <laughs> that's what I came with. So that's why I was like, did you wanna did you wanna start with that? Because that's exactly what I was, you know. Let's start with that and we'll seg into something else. Let's okay, okay, so fire. So um I've been listening to a lot of music lately. How about you? Yeah, yeah, but not actually. You know what? I can't say yeah. I've been listening to some music. I don't really have the opportunity to listen to music. I feel like I've been listening to podcasts when I can, mm-hmm. but I'm not. I'm definitely not listening like to new music. I'm sort of going back to some old stuff. Yeah, like, and that's, I've yeah. really been like into like deep into something like it, like in a in a in a you know in a mood. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've been in a certain vibe as of late and that vibe has involved a lot of, uh, a lot of West side gun Conway, 
mm. Benny, um, some Jay Worthy, Jay Worthy, uh, some Larry June, but uh-huh. then been listening to some Rock Marcy, mm. and it dawned on me while listening to Rock Marcy that he is the goat of food bars. Oh yeah, that's facts. Like I, I it's crazy that like how vivid his description like I wonder if he's a foodie. Like he has to be a foodie. Yeah, so wait, all right, so what was the what was sort of like the genesis of that observe like what what led you to notice that was it a specific song that you were listening to so yeah so it was um it was actually his verse on uh on west side guns and shit the 500 what is it called i think it's 500 bucks it's with him west side gun and freddie gibbs and so okay and he has a <laughs> he has a line where he's like, um, I always get the biggest chicken wing. You only get to eat on one onion ring. <laughs> you only <laughs> make, he said no, he's like uh, he's like, no, he said he was like, I always get the biggest chicken wing. You don't even get to eat on one onion ring. And then it was mm. just like he's always like coming with the flossy with the flossy bars and the way he he mixes that in with the food talk is just like yeah uncanny no, I, no and then and then when you said that i went back and listened to his first album marsburg which is i think after every time i listen to that i'm like that's one of my favorite albums of all time right right but um every single song has has crazy food bars, bars. yeah yeah and i think i think no yeah definitely a while back this wasn't off of Marsburg, but I brought in the uh, Rock Marcy line. Something about the outside of the tilapia. Oh, the, right, right, right. I think that's like what is that? What is that? Oh, that's off of Reloaded, but I don't know what album. What's what song that yeah. is? I can I can hear the song. I I know what I know how he's flowing on it, but it. But yeah, he drops that the outside of the tilapia was black, and that was. We got hold on. We got to recite that real. It's off We Ill. Yeah, We Ill. My bad. But he goes, do a set of concentration curls, high fashion, climaxing on satin. The outside of the tilapia was blackened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you when you brought that when you brought that line up episodes ago, it was just like when he said the shit on West Side Gun shit, I immediately thought about you bringing up this bar. And so then I started to go back and noticing like just the fact that, like, dude is always dropping food gems. <laughs> no, I swear to God, every single every single song off of Marsburg has a fucking more than one food bar. He's talking like turkey bacon, like, like he has, he has some line I think off of Don shit, uh, which is one of the last songs on that album. There's some line about how he's like bringing home the bacon. But he says he brings home the turkey bacon. And I'm just like, wow, you, like you could have just rock Marcy. You just right. could have said you, you were just bringing bring home, home the bacon. Right. But you brought you bring home the turkey bacon. 
which gives it so much more. You can read so much more into that and so much more nuance. But hold on. Okay. I just pulled up the first, the lyrics from the first track off the off of Marsburg. And right off the top, I just see, I just see, see the seal and start peeling like an orange. My appearance is not syrup while I'm steering the McLaren. Hardcastle and McCormick's. Hold on, there's more. <laughs> Not the McCormick's. <laughs> Hold on. But the, and I think there's onion ring bars off of this album too. Yeah, but like, but buttery Tim's. I mean, that's not a food bar, but buttery. Yeah, buttery. Buttery. Like, he, so yeah. I'm, his, I'm wondering, like now. So now I'm interested in like what other, like how other rappers come with the food, like who. I mean, I guess like it's not just sort of food though, because I was gonna say Ghostface says like wild fly shit like that too, but it's not always food. In yeah, particular. there's something there's something about Rock Marciano, and this is how I like once you said the food thing, and then I started putting it together. I was like, he's he's really proofian with it because there every even even not his food bars, everything is so like sensory. It's so mm-hmm. tactile, mm-hmm. so much like 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 I have a sense of smell for like Marsburg right, the right, album, right. like all of Rock Marciano's work. Like you have a taste to it. There's a smell to it. Like he really is so set. Like oh no, it's, it's it's everything. Like even like so even when when people say shit you get a visual like or when people say oh he paints a picture you know he literally like paints a picture yeah like yeah it's it, it's it's crazy like and then like the 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 detail because it's like it was a it's a track with him and um black thought and he said some shit like um damn he said like some shit like when it's on the click and be like should have water pippins he was, he was like, and it's just like crazy. Like, why would you say like why the Pippins of all yeah, of all yeah. shoes? Like, and you get a yeah, it's crazy. Like, you just get an entire like sense of everything around you know what he's what he's actually saying. It's, it's yeah, like I said, it's uncanny. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here and literally, I'm just scrolling through lyrics. This is not planned out, but like. Uh, another this is off of a uh, raw deal this is the fourth fourth song on on marsburg but just yeah it's not just the food it smells it's texture it's textures mm-hmm. he goes um he goes fresh out the dungeon bitch don't let the sun in we getting blunt in bud 700 of onion red hairs on it <laughs> for the, Onion red hairs for that dope. We dance like Fred Astaire on it. Patent leather air forces. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Self portraits of bosses at the office. Banging young Kate Moss's resources. Twin Porsches all black like soy sauce is. Peel quicker than Earl Boykin. (laughs) So I keep pearls like oysters and ride around in Rolls Royces. Wait. Blow up a bitch and her boyfriend in the toy bends. Destroy in ballpoint pens. Enjoy shrimp. It's, like it's, just it's, red. It's 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 ridiculous. No, he I, he's really like he's the he's the Proust of hip hop. Yeah. No. When you and when you said that, it was almost like, well, 
who else could you say that about? No, I, I don't know who else is so sensory. Like there's people that have like, you know, you, you could run the gamut of, of people that have crazy narratives and storylines. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Work, but like no one really quite does it like Rock Marciano on a sort of just a sensory I'm trying to think of a like a, a filmmaker that I would compare him to, but yeah. And the reason I say Proust just for just for the edification of whoever's listening to this for the uncouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it, I don't even really. I, I've only read one of them. There's like it's in search of lost time, but he the, probably the most famous Proust passage is when he's eating uh, a French cookie, a Madeline, and just the 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 taste and the smell mm-hmm. and the texture. Of just just transports him back in time and that's sort of like the entry point into the whole thing again i don't really fucking know a whole lot about proust i know basically enough about proust to just say that but but like that's what that's what rock marciano is on like he's just it's it's yeah it's od or i mean you can also you could emersonian or thoreau in a sense because that transcendental shit was also like a lot of sensory like it was more nature bound but in the same in the same realm of like i'm giving you literally like you could read emerson and hear what the fuck emerson was you know or hear yeah. the woods when thoreau is in the fucking woods and shit like you could you know what i'm saying so it's it's in yeah. the same it's in the same lane where it's like you're actually like Duke could probably just spit a cappella and you get the same, you know what I'm saying? Like you get that as opposed I to really, like, I, cat, I'm, I'm just saying like, as opposed to cats who like, you need the music to sort of root the vibe and, and all of that shit in order to yeah. paint that narrative or, or whatever. Like he, yeah. he has it where it's just like, this shit could be on top of fucking, we could be scraping uh, chalkboards behind him. Yeah, yeah, I really wonder what's what's going on because it, it, I I wonder if it's if it's conscious on his part where he's like, yeah, I really want, but because like again, just randomly looking at another song just without even searching for it, he's talking about butter on grip, uh, butter on grits, and <laughs> just like, but it. it and then in the in the line above, he's like like he uses the word phlegm. Oh, like, wow. like it's just so raw is such a bad, like doesn't do justice yeah. to, and I hate yeah. using that word when it comes to like, you know, rappers like Rock Marciano, because that's the only word that people use is uh, they're so raw, but like, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's literary though, in, in terms of like the rawness you're describing. I mean, you can yeah. think of like, you know, there's fucking bakhtin and shit talk about like grotesque realism like just bringing Mm. shit like all the way down to just the you know the taste like the mouth you can you can fucking hear people eating and and you can taste it yourself you can you know like you can smell what they're smelling and all of this so it's like yeah that's a that's opposed to like the the like ideal you know sort of abstract shit that's yeah. divorced from you know from those like raw and and real senses like our actual you know the shit that we 
yeah you know use in the world <laughs> or use so to yeah be so, so so everyone needs to really like listen to rock marciano yeah. he's, he's insane yeah um okay but so should i should i seg into my little yeah, my little sure. rant for sure all right so do, uh, do you know about this tiger king documentary yes i obviously have not watched it <laughs> okay what's your as someone who like what's like where are you starting from in terms of like your impression of it um, I honestly don't know anything about it. Like, okay, you, but you like saw it online and shit. Yeah. Like I, I see people talking about it, but. Okay. Well, I'll just, I'm sure that most people that are listening to this have seen it. Cause it seems like everyone has seen it, but. Which is why, but real side note, which is exactly why I haven't seen it. Well, yeah, I was very, I was resistant to watch it i don't really know why i was resistant to watch it i guess i don't know yeah because everyone was telling me i had to watch it so i didn't want to just add just to be a spiteful contrarian Mm -hmm. but so i got around to watching it the whole the whole premise of this it's a documentary it's produced by netflix it follows this guy who runs a big cat reservation in the middle of the country somewhere although but it's not i know that i know that it's in florida okay part of it is part of florida yeah part of it this dude the 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 dude that the show centers around is this guy named joe exotic who is this uh, character like midwestern dude he's gay and he has this for-profit it's not really a reservation i don't have another word for it it's a for-profit private zoo where he raises big cats tigers and charges people to come see them and he has trained them and he's got hundreds of them on this on this reservation and he's sort of hired like this crew of sordid people to be the support staff that don't really have any other you know sort of training or anything he sort of developed this mini little ecosystem uh and this community of of people that are into this like taking care of big cats but it's for profit it's distinct from a place that like rehabilitates tigers or lions or whatever and then is trying to send them back out to the wild or or whatever right Right. so this character he's he's like a very vindictive guy because the the tension in the show comes from okay so the show introduces us to this character this this flamboyant really idiosyncratic gay dude all tatted up midwestern platinum blonde hair like gun owning gun toting liberal hating dude that loves fucking tigers so it's like it's weird like on the face of it it's out there but the whole conflict of the show comes from the juxtaposition of him versus this woman in Florida, which is probably what you're thinking mm. of. Now, the woman in Florida, I forget. Oh, her name is Carol something. And she is also similar to this Joe Exotic dude, but her whole thing is that she doesn't run a for-profit cat thing. She is like rehabilitating these cats 
because there's so many fucking cats in America that are like owned by eccentric billionaires and millionaires that like there's too many of them. Mm-hmm. So like they there's no place to keep them or whatever or people get bored of them and they sell them or they fucking kill them. They euthanize them. And so this woman's whole mission is to not be for profit but to like actually – she's – um she's a solution to the problem where she mm-hmm. comes out as a result of the problem. Whereas Joe exotic is sort of like the, the problem itself. Right mm-hmm. now, the whole sh- now Joe exotic and this woman, Carol have a rivalry somehow, like they hate each other for some reason, but the whole show is just thrusting down the, the, the throat of the viewer, this supposed moral equivalency between the woman Carol, who's not doing it for profit, and Joe Exotic. So it's like it's. I really read a lot into it as far as like it's very Trumpian. It's very like oh, this dude is is morally reprehensible, but like look at this woman. Like she's she's posturing and she acts like like she's in it for the right reasons, but really she's not. And it turns out that after doing a little bit of reading, the show totally forced this false equivalency. Mm-hmm. to like down the viewer's throat to make the show work mm-hmm. so like everyone on the internet what really turned me off is was the 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 feedback was like oh yeah joe exotic whatever but this woman carol she's evil too like she doesn't treat the cats right like she's in, even though she says she's not in it for the money she's really in it for the money and it's like no that's actually not the case it's sort of like i read a lot about it i read a lot into it in terms of like this sort of the whataboutism and sort of like the 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 owning the experts kind of kind of vibe kind of moment this trumpian moment that we're kind of in so i was really turned off by the whole thing i don't know if that Mm. explanation does it justice but yeah i was turned off by the way the show was made because it was really unsubtle the way they were yeah, like I said, forcing that uh, false equivalency, and by and the reaction online, I felt that people were totally missing the point, and people were like idolizing this dude Joe Exotic as like some kind of sideshow character. Mm-hmm. When like I was pretty, I mean, like morally disgusted by what I was, but like by like by him as a person. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I was, I was pretty I uh, put off by the whole thing. Yeah, I guess that's what sales, though, right? I mean, and and I think that would be more of the. I think that would be more of the Trumpian phenomenon as opposed to the moral equivalency or the drawing a false moral equivalency. I think that's just like a you know a right wing tactic in general. Like, Mm. yeah, but yeah, but um, but this sort of you know the way like you valorize because you can essentially say like the way that these people are like talking about this Joe exotic dude and how he's become this like online phenomenon after this shit speaks to like the Trumpian effect of valorizing these like morally reprehensible, you know, people. I mean, because it's in the same way, like, it's the whataboutism goes both ways, right? So it's like, in in terms of the current like political landscape, because now you have like, you know, Joe Biden, who's being accused of, of rape, but cats are like, but what about Trump? Like Trump has, you know, all of these, you know, Alex, so it's just like, 
we are like steeped in that culture. Like whether you think your intentions are like, you know, for some greater purpose in the case of people who are, you know, and I know I interspersed Biden in this, but it's like, yeah, yeah. but the way that, um, that people sort of use these figures to, you know, act as sort of avatars for whatever their like worldview is. So if somebody yeah. who's like, you know, fuck whatever, you know, I'm going to make my money and do my shit how I'm going to do it. Yeah, they're going to love Trump. They're going to love Joe Exotic and, you know, whatever. If you if you like, if you're into this, like, false sense of respectability while simultaneously mm. fucking people over, then, yeah, you're going to say Joe Biden, like, these accusations against Joe Biden are, are unfounded and, you know, all this other shit. Like, look at Trump. Yeah, yeah. Trump, what all? What about the shit that Trump's doing? So it's like, yeah, yeah. We you can't get away from that shit in like yeah. our current culture, which is sad. <laughs> yeah, I think there's such a um, there's like a there's this really deep grained desire. I feel like for people to like take I don't know if it's taking solace, but it's all it's 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 I guess a kind of taking solace of like reassuring. People like reassurances that people are motivated by the wrong reasons and people are corrupt and like mm-hmm. I feel like that's like like the whole I mean the whole salience of like the Biden's son mm-hmm. like people love to people love to sort of like tear down the moral facade and it's almost like they're reassured they're reassured by it like I don't know right but, it, a, but see the thing the problem is. Are the pe- the problem? It lies in those who do it for sort of affirmation of their own sort of moral failings and shortcomings, right? I, I agree with that. <laughs> but, I agree. I agree. Then, there's yeah. But then it's also. But then I think that you can go at people on those grounds. You know, doing Joe Biden with his son, for instance, you can't have people who go on those grounds if you're informed and really coming at it from the, you know, from a perspective where it's like you're looking at this in the context of the greater good type shit or whatever, right? Like, I think in that sense, then yeah, if you're really standing on something, but I think a lot of times people are making these claims based primarily off of how they feel themselves. So the fact that they are, you know, like I said, morally reprehensible in a lot of ways. You get to admit that through this sort of projection of seeing the moral failings in these people who are, you know, plastered in front of us all the time, as opposed to having to like admit and accept that shit yourself, right? Like, why do you think people who, when they say that Trump is a racist, <clears throat> why do you think people rally behind that shit? Because they're, they harbor those prejudice and bigoted feelings, right? And they get to express those through Trump, right? As opposed to saying, you know, admitting that yourself, that, hey, I'm a fucking bigoted, prejudiced motherfucker or whatever. I get to, that shit gets expressed through my support of this person, right? And so I, I think that's mm. where... Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so, so that's where it's like, 
the if you're coming at it like I'm making a moral, I'm you know charging you or whatever um, with something a moral crime, right? And I'm standing on you know on this base that all people should you know have the right to you know all these human basic human rights all this shit or whatever then i think that's cool i don't have a problem with that but most people yeah. aren't coming at it from that perspective most people aren't most people are fucked up <laughs> i think and so yeah I, I i just think it's i think i think uh yeah i think a lot of people are just there's sort of like there's a little bit of like schadenfreude isn't the right word either, but there's, they sort of like take reassurance. It's, it's easier to sort of write people off as like, all right, every, you know, this Joe exotic dude is bad. Yeah. He looks bad. I feel like there's sort of, there's slightly different things happening because there's like, yeah, the Joe exotic person is like, everyone can agree like overtly face of it. This is this exploitative. I mean, he's like, he's like, you know, plying his employees with meth to get them. You know, mm-hmm. like he's just like a, a very outwardly sordid figure. But then the Carol Baskin woman is someone who has the facade of trying to do the right thing. But it's easy to be like, okay, well, you know, the Joe Exotic person, he looks all fucked up and it's easy, you know, okay, I, maybe he's not the best character. But the, the woman who is trying to do the right thing, you know, she's got shady motives too. She's just as bad. It's easier mm-hmm. to just do that kind of evening out, that mm-hmm. sort of flattening of all distinctions, I feel like, which I feel, felt like was happening there. Yeah. Like it's easier to just be like, yeah, you know what? They're all, they're all, they're all fucking bad. Yeah, and I guess that, that's just a matter of people being jaded by, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's not so much that, <clears throat> and to me, like, I don't think it's so much that people are, you know, corrupt. Well, I mean, they are, obviously. They are corrupt people. But it's mostly about, like, Look at the systems and institutions and structures and shit that's, you know, allowing for this sort of corruption to occur, you know? So it's like, you have to look at the larger picture, I think. And it's not that it's just this one individual person that's, you know, a bad actor. Yeah. Um, it's, it's entire, you know, structures and institutions at play. So. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. So you got anything else for opening seg? No. I'm ready to uh, get into this Roman talk.
Welcome back to the Now That You Mentioned It podcast. This is the part of the podcast where we like to remind you to follow us on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, rate us and review us and subscribe to us on iTunes. That's the big right. thing. That's the most important thing. That's the most important <laughs> thing. Algo. Yeah. The Algo has been... The Algo has been pretty has good. Been st- it's been good, but stagnant. Well, we've been stagnant. Yeah, we've been stagnant. But, I mean, yeah, the algo, it's been decent. I'll the say algo, I'll, continu- I'll say it's the been algo continues. Yeah. I mean, it's been decent as far as our overall, like, downloads and shit. Not, yeah. not, the, not the IG algo, but the, I think our Apple algo has been pretty, yeah. pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah, different algos doing different things. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, rate us, review us uh, at NTYMIPod, subscribe to us, recommend us to your friends if you have any. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, listen to us. Listen to our back catalog. Go back. Listen to us. Fucking get in a debate with us. Email us. All of that. Yeah. Debate. Um, okay, so. <laughs> um. Okay, so for the Corona Cast, the main yeah. seg, the Corona Cast, I thought it would be I thought it would be a good idea if we just kind of catch everyone up and let everyone know like what's going on with our lives. So, Kevin, since this lockdown has started, like what's been going on with you? How's it been in your neck of the woods? What has changed? What hasn't changed? What have you noticed? Let's just start there, and then we'll get into some other shit. Okay, um, so. New York City, uh, shit's wild. The shit's real. Um, first and foremost, um, so yeah, it's so for me personally, not much has changed. I've already yeah. worked remotely, you know, all that shit. So I was nothing really changed for me. Um, not much has really changed for my household, thankfully. Um, so on that note, like shit has been cool, but being like in New York city, you hear all the ambulance, you know, um, you hear like, so knowing, like knowing what, what the shit really is and how it's really hidden is being crazy. Um, going around and, and seeing people in their mass has been pretty crazy as well. Like super dystopian. Um, and I guess like you see people have already been doing it in like China and in South Korea and stuff like that, you know, and that had a lot to do with them industrializing and just the air quality and shit like that. But for us, like it's, it's different culturally. So it's like, it's a shock like saying like you walk outside and like literally everybody has a mask on and shit. So that's been, um, that's been crazy as, as well as just like seeing shit closed. Like anybody who's lived in New York city, been to New York city, like you see the, the fucking, the chained uh, gates over the, over the uh, buildings and shit like that over the storefronts, like, you see that shit at 3, 4 in the morning, but walking around at 3 and 4 in the afternoon, 
and seeing shit shut down, closed down, like it's, mm. it's wild. So it's, it's hella dystopian for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Have you been um getting out like grocery shopping? Like what what's going on with that? Um. So yeah. So grocery shopping has been pretty cool. Like I've. I won't, I won't like dime out my secret store because it's no lines. So, <laughs> so I found, uh, I found a store where it's like, yeah, I'm always able to go cop some shit. No, but when you go around, like, um, go to Whole Foods, it's a fucking line around the block. You yeah. go to any other like regular grocery stores, like, you know lines around the block and shit so yeah so it's, it's wild like in, in terms of seeing like seeing that and then you see the um you see the food banks and you see mm. even longer lines <laughs> for like people you know getting in line for for the food bank so like i said it the best way to describe it i think is dystopian you see a lot of people out and the weather has been, you know, warming up a little bit more. So you see a lot of, you see a lot more people like sort of just hanging out, but now you got the fucking police roaming around beating motherfuckers up. Um, well, if you have a certain amount of melanin (laughs) and so, uh, so yeah, so just in terms of like, the overall vibe of of Harlem like has been just turned down for the most yeah. part. Like it's dead. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so up update on me would be prior to the Rona hitting, I moved out wholly unrelated to any concerns about um, mm-hmm. the coronavirus, my plan was to uh, stay with my parents in Connecticut for a little bit, continue to commute into the city for work, and then find another my own place back in the city. And then this shit hit. So it kind of worked out okay for me overall because I was already out of the city. I was out of the thick of it, although it's kind of a double-edged sword because my – both of my both of the companies that I work for were let's just say they weren't on the cutting edge of <laughs> of coronavirus wherewithal, nor was it like foremost among their their many concerns. And so I was continuing to have to take the Metro North and the subways into work every day, morning and night, when after that shit had already emptied emptied out. So like mm-hmm. I was one of the few people that who's who was still commuting like whose bosses evidently had gotten the fucking memo. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I didn't know. That. So it was so I was still like it, it wasn't like oh d it's not like after the lockdown hit I was like still fucking mm-hmm. like go, here I go like yeah. but it was like people people you know were starting to yeah. to stay home to start to work from home before it became official and I was yeah and. So yeah, but so so now I'm I'm out here and I'm working from home and I have more time than ever because I don't have to commute. Right. And I'm you know, I'm working less hours so I'm not making as much as I was making, but I have less other expenses too. So mm-hmm. I really can't complain. I have so much more time. 
because work doesn't monopolize your life and I'm not giving up all of my free time just to get a paycheck. I'm giving up some time to make some money, but I actually have time to do other shit like this podcast and <laughs> read and, you know, all all the shit that I want to do. So, so yeah, I'm taking it as as best I can. I'm trying to make the most of it personally. Yeah. But um but yeah, so I don't know, how do you want to I've got some some moral quandaries that I've been thinking about that I could toss at you that we could start with or how else would how else would no, you want to go about attack? Do that. Okay. You already have so, shit prepared. It's very sparse. <laughs> so, again, since I am in the very lucky position of living with my parents right now, I don't have this issue at all. Mm-hmm. So, let me rec- recuse myself. Rent. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, I'm thinking with so many people out of work, it's like how can property owners and landlords still get away with charging rent? Like, how is that? How is that like allowable? How is that legal? I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I don't have any background in this. I have no fucking idea. But it just strikes me as like, what the fuck? How they should at least be able to de- defer payments. So, or, so basically, but, but, oh, go ahead. but let, 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 let me just frame it a little more. So uh-huh. like, I'm totally on the side of like, that shit's fucking wild. Like if you're like, if you're out of a job because of the coronavirus and you don't have that income anymore, then I don't think it, it, you should be able to like defer the payment. I totally am like, that's absurd that landlords are still demanding rent. Then I was like, well, on an individual to individual basis, I feel like that's the moral imperative. But then what is the morality of if taken together, if every – is that like – how does landlording fucking work? Because then if if everyone can't pay rent, then what happens to the landlords? So – this is why you have a federal government mm. and the federal government should step in and either a pay people to stay at home. So you give people, you know, $2,000 a month to stay at home for the duration of this shit. Canada's doing it. You know, the UK is doing it. Denmark. UK, they're, they're like, they're doing they're like 80%. Paying they're, companies, they're paying, you know, they're, they're paying 80%. The UK is paying 80% of, uh, worker salaries. Denmark is paying right. 75%. And so, but it's really just the model of you keep your economy intact by keeping the workers whole or as yeah. whole as possible. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And, and so when it comes to like the rent shit, if you can, if you have just scores of people who can't afford to pay rent, that's when the government has to come in and be like, all right, we're either going to put a freeze to this because a lot of these property owners, these landlords have um, um, have federal loans. So their, their mortgages are federally backed, a lot of them, not most, but well, not all rather, but a lot of them are. Um, and so it's it shit like that. I mean, even the federal government in terms of... Uh, in terms of banking, like the federal government can pay the banks 
right? I mean, that's essentially what they did with this last two trillion dollar stimulus or whatever. They're dishing out money to corporations and banks and shit, right? So you can pay the banks to be like, we're okay, what what are these people's mortgages and rents or whatever, right? Mm. We can pay for this shit for the duration of that. Why? Because the United States government or the federal government issues its own currency. It's not like this shit is backed up to, you know, backed up by gold or something like that. They just yeah. showed you we can print a $2.3 trillion stimulus, sign it, and boom, it's there. Yeah. So the like a lot of these questions, uh, really what the what the coronavirus has done has just highlighted like all the holes in this system and shown like where there's like literally no like social safety net that you know these other countries yeah they're dealing with this virus in the same way people are dying and shit like that as well but one thing they aren't tripping off of is they don't have to worry about fucking paying you know old ass money after leaving the hospital for getting this shit I, I guess now they're trying to say like they're trying to waive you know, costs related to the coronavirus or whatever, but, you know, until that's actually official, I don't know if that's official yet, so don't quote me, but you know what I'm yeah. saying? Cats are probably paying for that, but you have a lot of people who are afraid to go to the doctor because of that Yeah, uh, testing, like who's getting tested? We've seen all that, you know, pro athletes and actors and shit like they got tests, but the quote unquote essential workers, they aren't being tested, but they yeah. got to go out and work every fucking day. So it's just showing like the just complete like any you know just inequities that's just built in to this entire system. And yeah, I don't even call I, I hate to even call them essential workers. I call them sacrificial workers. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Because that's exactly what they are. Yeah, they didn't they didn't sign up for this. Okay, so so. So okay, yeah, that actually makes sense. I never, I didn't even consider the, the federal government playing a role there. But yeah, if we had, I guess, a more proactive approach and more just less inept government that was more apt to do something like that, then yeah, I guess you. Plus, you think you gotta you gotta think about the United States. Like our culturally, we've been, and this is this really doesn't matter. Like who you are on or where you are on the political spectrum, you've been socialized to believe that the federal government is worthless and that, you know, less government is better. Like the less we got to deal with government, the, the better off we are. You know, you have black people, for instance, you have black people who don't want shit to do with the government because of how this government has committed countless atrocities against black people. Right. And the same reason, why you have all these, you know, right-wing libertarians who think that the greatest, you know, possible society to live in is one without government or whatever, right? So right. it's like you, we don't even think <laughs> to say like, this is what this shit is in place for. Like, what else are you there for if not to, you know, yeah, maintain the safety in, in everything of your citizens? 
Yeah. And in the case of the rent thing, it's it in the absence of the federal government doing anything about it to alleviate the stress on both parties. It's like then those two parties are wedged against each other mm-hmm. and it's like cancel the rent, cancel the rent, you greedy landlord motherfuckers. And but and then if everyone isn't paying rent, then it's like, well, the landlords are kind of in the same position, although I'm, I'm yeah, although the but, landlords I'm like. But no, but they are, and that's the thing. Yeah. So this is this is another thing is that landlords, unless you're a billionaire real estate developer, if you're like the you know guy who owns you know a building or two, or some shit like that, then you're in you are in the same boat as your tenants. Like yeah, yeah, and yeah. You you need their rent in yeah. order to cover your bills, so you're in the same yeah. boat. So you yeah, should be yeah. you should be calling for the government to cancel shit too. Like you should be saying yeah, yeah. put a moratorium on federal mortgages so that I don't have to pay my mortgage so then that these motherfuckers yeah. don't have to pay rent. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean I I feel like we we could like litany style just list off all the various ineptitudes of how <laughs> has, has handled this, but I feel like if people want that, there's oh many, yeah, no, no, there's yeah, so yeah. many you can find that. We're not the ones for that. What are, what are you? I've been asking lots of people this. How are you calibrating your expectations as to like just what you're preparing yourself for mentally? What you think is going to happen if you had to put a bet on it? What you think life is going to be like? But so, but also, I want to make it a little more pointed. Do you think this is gonna change the way we do things in any way? Let's make it as broad as possible. Do you think this is gonna change the way we do things in any in any category? This experience going through this. Yes. Yes. Um, I think so. For one. In terms of the pandemic, this, I, I would say that this shit is just the start of, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. many, many more to come. So with that in mind, I would, I would definitely say, yes, it's going to change a lot of shit. Um, it's going to have to, you know, like really you're going to have to, or we're just going to devolve into you know, some Mad Max type <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, I, 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 I fucking, I'm, I would, lo- I love the optimism, but like when I see these fucking troglodyte motherfuckers like p- protesting to go back to work, and yeah. then and 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 then protesting to go back to work, and then if they get sick, the government will have passed legislation that disallows them to fucking sue their employer like they're like it's like these gun-toting motherfuckers like wet like like that gives me like okay if science isn't nonpartisan, then i don't know what the fuck is good so there's that consideration and then also i'm like the fucking creeping like i just feel like you know going back to like do your little research on like the you know the spanish flu that everyone's comparing it to the oh we had swine flu and 60 million americans got that like what damn like i didn't know that that shit was that Mm -hmm. ubiquitous and like ebola it's like the creeping app the apathy that comes creeping back like i'm i maybe i'm being cynical and i that like you know once once the immediate danger is gone it's gonna be like okay 
go back and then, you know, the, there's going to be, since it's not immediate, no funding for like the medical research, research and, and resources, no funding for extra fucking ventilators or whatever the equivalent of the thing is like, mm-hmm. that. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, no I, I get you. I'm, maybe I, I, no, I, I would say I'm, I'm in the same boat in terms of the societal, the societal shift. I, I'm speaking more of, I think economically, I think the way businesses operate, the way like, you know, yeah, concerts yeah. and shit, like live sporting events, like all of that type of shit is going to change. Now, yeah, the, the, on yeah. the societal level in terms of well, interpersonal level type shit, though, fuck no. Like, yeah, these people yeah, are yeah, fucking yeah. idiots. Okay. So, um, and, and to an extent, like, so... And this is this goes back to like the federal government not not stepping up and doing what it's supposed to, because here you have people who are like protesting, and a lot of that shit was astroturf. But then you probably do have some people yeah, who yeah. are out there who are legit protesting, like, "Yo, I need to go back to work. I've been off work since March. I don't have any money." <laughs> like I can't work from like my job doesn't allow me to work remotely. Like, and that's when it's like, you aren't supposed to then say, okay, then open this motherfucker back up and let these people go back to work. That's when the government steps in right. and it's like, yeah. we're going to take care of these people for the duration because it's a public health. Like, so here's my, here's been my issue with like the entire discussion about this shit here specifically yeah let's go let's go is people are frank like the trump administration and some right-wing democrats too like media right right-wing uh democratic media people as well are framing this like the essential workers are warriors and the American people are tough and they're warriors and will get through the, and all, like giving you this, like, and then people are like saying like, oh, and act like these wartime, you know, legislation, uh, yeah. you know, bills and shit like that in order to, you know, cre- you know, create, I mean, uh, manufacture these ventilators and all, all of this shit or whatever, all this wartime discussion, right, about a public health crisis. Like, when you think about war, what do you think about? I'm asking. What do I think about? Yeah, when you think about, about war. death. Exactly. Exactly. You're you're preparing people to just say, "Fuck it." We're we're expecting a a specific. You know, we're we're expecting a percentage of you motherfuckers to to die. Period. Like, yeah. You you have that. You're you're sort of you know, softening the blow that you're already saying that these, uh, and a lot of it is going to be these workers who are out here all the time are going to be the collateral damage. Just specifically by saying, you know, you guys are warriors and we're, you know, we're at war with an invisible enemy and all of this wartime shit. And it's just like, so you kind of don't have to, you know, you aren't culpable for all the bodies that are going to pile up from this shit, from you not doing anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. from you reopening too early. Like, it's crazy. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. My, my big thing along with that would be one, um, this sort of disanalogy between, or I, maybe it's not a, quite a disanalogy, but it's people that are seeming to operate under the assumption that when we just snap our fingers and say, open the shit back up, like the, like, like, like I can understand the frustration, especially in communities where eh, to certain, to a very certain extent, another part of me is like, fuck that. No, I can't understand that. But like, I can kind of understand the frustration of like, if you're in a community that hasn't really been hit hard with this shit, but everything's shut down and the restaurants are closed and you're not working now and you still got rent and you still got all these bills and you're not really seeing in front of you the evidence of, of what is happening. I can sort of get the frustration of like, what, what, what is going like this, this is being paralyzed may be worse than the fucking disease itself. I can get that. But the disanalogy comes in where you're like when these people are demanding that we open shit back up as if it's going to go back to normal. Mm-hmm. No, it's going to go back to a new normal, a post-coronavirus normal. Exactly. So like most of these jobs just straight Aren't up won't even back. be there to go back exactly. to. So like I was talking to my, one of my old bosses who worked at a uh, – who I worked for at a restaurant in Brooklyn and they were telling me – a, that they didn't get the small business loan because the big businesses just sucked all that shit up. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> little side note. <laughs> they were telling me that they tried well, to they do the big, shit. They aren't where- big businesses. They have less than 500 employees. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, so – he that he was he told me that he was they tried to do like the limited operation shit mm-hmm. where people were just coming to get takeout they only had a few people in there he was like there was just no one coming mm-hmm. so all these people saying let let me get back to work let me get back to work you're not going back to 2018 you're going <laughs> back to a world where a lot even if it's not a majority of people a lot of motherfuckers aren't even going to want to come outside yet so it's a total disanalogy to be like, let's just snap our fingers arbitrarily and go back to normal. Everything's going to be normal again. It's like, no, schools aren't going to be open. People are not going to want to go to restaurants. Who knows about fucking sports? Like people are not going to want to go to concerts. Even if you said, okay, like Terminal 5 is open now. Yeah. Who's the first like, motherfucker to say through. who's, who's going to be the one, the first person that says, yep, hey, everybody, the coast is clear. Like <laughs> that's it's so, not happening. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a total it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a false notion. And then my other thing would be like in line with what you were saying is the um the displays of yeah, like the galvanizing around the quote unquote essential workers and the healthcare professionals now when we don't even really give them the support and the infrastructure they need to just perform the basic necessities of their job. And so like, I, like literally, okay. Like I'm like, I, I like the shows of emotion. I like that. I think it's coming from a good place for, from most people. I just, I'm not going to be so cynical as to be like, Oh, you're just like, like if I see my neighbor clapping for a fire mm-hmm. truck that's going by, I'm not going to be like, you're fucking evil. I just think they don't <laughs> right, want right. to think, think about mm-hmm. it. But the fact is, is that I actually get a little uncomfortable when I'm like, you know, what, when people are expecting me to like clap for the frontline healthcare workers, when I'm like, well, what are they like? I, I read an article where this EMT said he doesn't have health insurance and he's making 40 K a year. And he, 
So like he's out here saving people, but we live in a, a society that doesn't actually value their work enough to to give them real stability. See, like, the, the, so the, so that's so that's my thing too. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's one of mine as well because and and it's a larger it's just to a larger like pet peeve of mine um, with like respectability and uh, civility and you lump in there sentimentality. And it's like, we sort of think that our world operates off of those three things sort of, you know, intersecting, but that's not it. Like, I, I couldn't care less if, you know, if I were a frontline worker and people were clapping for me, but I didn't have health insurance. Like if I had health insurance and motherfuckers booed me, <laughs> I would feel better. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's because at, at, at a certain point it's like you can only do so much with, you know, the feel good stories and the clapping yeah. and the, you yeah. know, all of that shit. It's like people are really dying. People are really struggling. Yeah. Like it's real shit happening in the world. And it's yeah. like, yeah, the the person who's who's standing, you know, because I hear it here all the time, obviously, like people, you know, hanging out their fucking windows and clapping and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, nobody's faulting them in particular, but it's just like it just goes to show or, or it highlights like how far removed we are from like the material yeah. shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what? He, 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 I, you just crystallized it for me. I. Because, I mean, even on this podcast, I feel like I've been – one of our themes is like what really has value? Like mm-hmm. the people that pour your coffee every day on the way to work, I find that is some serious value there. Mm-hmm. Like then as opposed to like someone who I don't know is like writing advertisements for like some startup. Right. Like what – you know, like what's the real value there? But there's like a huge discrepancy. But here's my thing. Like. I I want those people like I want the the quote unquote frontline workers and I want the healthcare officials like if this is an opportunity where we as a society actually come to terms with how much we rely on them and we mm-hmm. show them this mm-hmm. emotion I want them to know that I'm totally cool with that I want to be a part of that I want to say fucking thank you dude who works at my grocery store because up until this point you haven't known how much people really, really fuck with, which with what you do. So like, I want to take that opportunity. I just want to align the incentives. I just want to show that solidarity and make sure they know that have that emotional support, but also like, let's take your fucking neighbors and my fucking neighbors who are like, you know, kind of clapping and like, yeah, this feels good. Like, let's make them realize that these people like don't have the actual support they need. So like, I feel like that should be able to happen because, but yeah, I don't know. That's but then, it, but the, the crazy part is, is you also have to like, look at who, so you have a lot of people who are unemployed, who are at home, right? Then you have a lot of people who are working remotely. And so, um, for the people who are working remotely, I think are, I think you could say a lot of those people are the ones who are out outside clapping, you know, yeah. feeling good type shit, right? And yeah, and it's like you have to be able to check your own privilege, like in that situation, because, and it goes back to what you said about the cat who's pouring your coffee every morning. 
right? Like in terms of value, yeah. How much value am I really providing to society by creating this ad as opposed to <laughs> this person who is, you know, shelving milk in or orange the, juice. Sanit- the, the sanitation yeah, right. Like, like, and, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Like all everybody who makes this shit function like in yeah. a real way as opposed to like yeah, yeah, yeah. this sort of, you know, all that abstract other shit is just, you know, other shit, like creating ads and uh, what else are you doing from, you know, I mean, you, you know, doing the news right. is one thing, like writing and doing shit like that. That's one thing. But like, yeah. yeah, but then you have the cats who are like legit just collecting a check for like nothing. <laughs> Working or this or that startup, doing right, marketing, right? At, like, yeah, 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 like nothing, nothing, nothing that's adding any value to society. And we're yeah. seeing like people should see who like really holds value or whose occupation rather holds value to to you know make yeah. our shit go. And all that other shit needs like yeah. to get chopped. <laughs> that shit needs to get chopped. <laughs> the yeah. X chopped. Yeah, the I, yeah I'm cautiously. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that there will be some kind of some kind of change. But I will also say that I gotta as fucking triggered as I was watching these like troglodytes in Michigan like block the fucking hospital like that obscene shit mm-hmm. literally made my blood boil and these people like charging the governor with guns whatever the fuck wh- mm-hmm. whatever these motherfuckers are doing totally wiling out and also I got pretty triggered at um the article I read in the New York Times about the uh the Hasidic Jews who's re- did you see that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, a prominent rabbi died of coronavirus, and then there was a funeral, and then like three thousand mm-hmm. people in Williamsburg congregated together for the funeral, and they broke it up, and there was a lot of. But I was, I was like, come on now, that's fucking ridiculous. But then when I see, you know, in Williamsburg, McCarran Park, all these hipsters out there, not social. I got to keep the same energy. You got to I really got. You got I, to. Got to keep. The same you got so. To. The, those motherfuckers can get it too. Go in a fucking McCarran Park yeah. with their beards and shit. Yeah. Central Park's laying in the sun. Right. Go the fuck home. Like it's not right. 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 Exactly. And yeah. and it's like and it because now we're going into like you know people feeling like you're infringing upon their liberty and shit like that. And <laughs> fuck out of here, like with that shit. Especially when it's like oh it's a Lord. fucking pandemic. Okay. Like go the fuck yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. Especially especially if you have the luxury to do so if you have the privilege to do so like because we didn't even get into like cuomo is the absolute worst because did you hear the shit that he said about homeless people no what did he say he made he made a comment because he was you know they shut down the the subway for like the first time in a fucking hundred years yeah yeah um and cuomo was talking about like Oh, you know, the, the homeless people are sleeping on the, you know, sleeping in the subway cars and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, with all their belongings and, and putting our essential workers at risk, it's, it's, they're just, it's just disgusting and all that. I was just like, <laughs> oh, what? I was like, wow, bro. Like I, I, I was done. I was done after that shit. But it's yeah. like, you don't even get into like the homeless 
element within the Rona. Yeah. So yeah, it's this shit is wild. Like this this is definitely a a paradigm shift in a lot of like how we operate. Like it's gonna have to be. Yeah. It's gonna happen. There's gonna be, I swear to God, when it starts getting warm, there's gonna be all, all of a sudden there's gonna be this exceptionalism and I could take it back to like the uh like Kant's universal maxim. All of a sudden people are gonna be like, Well, I'm just I can just go outside, but it's like, no, where the fuck is the solidarity? Like And that's when it you know because people go, think that it's gonna be people think that it's gonna be like, oh well it, it dies in the dies in a yeah, that, needs, that myth needs to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like all right way. so yeah. in the middle of july when this shit spikes again and you motherfuckers looking around with your with your myths and conspiracies and shit it's like no people are legit dying from this shit so take it serious yeah. and the fucking federal government needs to cash people out like the rest yeah. of these developed countries <laughs> Yeah, I, it's crazy how it sort of just like it. I feel like I don't know. Maybe again, I'm being cynical, but it it sort of just it's an it has like this amplification effect. It doesn't actually really bring people to a middle ground. It more just sort of like like a confirmation bias type vibe. Mm. You just kind of whatever you thought before, now you just think it oh, yeah, more yeah. type shit. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel, but but again, I think the re- reaction has been has been pretty good. I'm fine with people going and jo- taking a jog, getting outside, mm-hmm. like with oh, yeah, family sure. by yourself. Sure. But like, but like when I saw those, when I like it, 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 the timeline of me getting really triggered and fucking pissed off at the the people in Michigan and wherever else, and then the the dudes in Brooklyn at the at the rabbi's funeral, and then I see the people in fucking Central Park, like they're like so so yeah. It's yeah. It's that's America for you. Like you, when you talk about the solidarity, we live in the land of rugged individualism. And so right. That shit is that's a tough worldview to sort of change and break through, you know, as opposed to like other countries and motherfuckers was like, look, we shutting shit down, stay in the house and that's what people did because they have like a different sense of yeah. responsibility to, you know, their community and shit like that, as opposed to, you know, motherfuckers yeah. here is like every man for himself. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, let me, we, maybe, cause we've been talking for a while. We can end on this one, but I just want to get this off my chest. Like the, the way my fucking companies have handled this is just like, really really eye-opening where i give them the benefit of the doubt because it's like you can't know how because there really was it was like it was like not that serious until it was fucking serious remember like it was like it was building in the background and then it was like it fell off a fucking cliff like it hit especially here but so like (laughs) yeah exactly so i give them the benefit of the doubt because i'm like how much do they like how much do you really know like blah blah blah. a couple weeks back had a meeting and they were like yeah we're hoping to be back in person by may 3rd Obviously, that didn't come true. It's now past May 3rd. That's obviously not going to happen. But at the time, they seriously proposed, we're hoping to be back by May 3rd. And my eyebrows just went up in the fucking Zoom meeting. And I was like, do you have a team of epidemiologists behind the scenes working for you? Or 
Or did you just pick a date arbitrary? You just put your right. finger on the fucking calendar right. and said, that's when I want to get back. I think it's that one. Right. I think you just fucking picked the date and nothing will have fundamentally changed. And I'm like, yeah. So I'm just like, all right, mother, like I can forgive a little bit of incompetence, like in a, in an ever changing situation. But like, once the fucking cat is out of the bag, I have like, I'm like, come on, come on. I got to make yeah. that bread. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Apparently, <laughs> apparently throw me, throw me to the fucking Rona. Throw me to the Rona. You're worth it. <laughs> Throw me to their own. Come back. <laughs> oh, Come back cool. with fucking money. Yeah. <laughs> but um. All right. So maybe we can maybe we can wind it down there. But also important takeaway is that now that we're set up for this fucking true digital empire, mm-hmm. we're gonna be back regularly. Yeah. Probably even more. So so yes. Probably even more so. Yeah. yeah. So I I would I will definitely go on record as saying more so. Yeah. Well, we don't have – we can't. All right. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right. So thank, thanks everyone for listening and we will be back soon. Later.